Hey everyone, it's James. I hope you're having an amazing day. This week's episode is going to be a rebinge of one of my favorite episodes and one of my favorite guests, Andrew Bosley. Next week, we'll be back with fresh guests and episodes. Check it out. Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Andrew Bosley, freelance illustrator and owner of Wits End Studios. He's illustrated many tabletop hits, including Everdale, Tapestry, and Merchants of the Dark Road. Additionally, he's done concept art for video games such as Ghost Recon, Assassin's Creed, and Paladins. Andrew, welcome to The Binge. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, James. I appreciate you letting me come on. Oh, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. I really do appreciate it. It is always awesome to get uh, artists on this uh, show as well. It's a very different perspective that uh, I don't think that people talk about uh, enough, quite frankly. Um, so I thought we'd start off actually just with your basic story. Uh, you were a graduate, I believe, from San Jose University in illustration. Mm-hmm. Yep, San Jose State um, yep. back in... 2006, huh? 2006. So there's been some time from there to here. Uh, how mm-hmm. did you kind of get started? How did you get into, obviously you're well-established now, but there was kind of the, a bit of a grind there uh, for a while. How did that work? Sure. Um, <clears throat> well, um, so I went to San Jose State uh, for illustration. My, my intentions uh, when I first arrived there was for career was very different than what, what I ended up going into. And it's, definitely different from where I am now, but, uh, um, I was, uh, uh I, by the time I was, by the time I graduated, I knew I was interested in heading towards video games, uh, or feature animation, uh, working in visual development or concept art. And so I was working towards that the whole time that I was in school. Um, but also, uh, quite a bit on the illustration side as well. Like they overlap quite a bit. Um, I uh, I was married and had kids. Uh, had our my third uh, uh, child was on the way when I graduated from college. Oh, wow. So uh, there was a bit of a grind uh, <laughs> to you know pay the bills and things like that. Um, I was a when I was in school, uh, I was a mural painter, and so that was. Uh, uh, working in the Bay Area in California, and so literally uh, the sides of buildings. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, I was working most of the time in in residential homes, so inside. Uh, okay. Thankfully, most of the time, but uh, but no, I did some some commercial things and sides of buildings and all that good stuff. How long does that take? Like the, like a, a mural if you're in the side of a building. I got to imagine that's not uh, a few hours. That's weeks, no, is that's, it, or months? It, it, it could be, it depends on the project, but it could be weeks, uh, certainly up to a month. Uh, some, you know, some things, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I wish I could, <laughs> I wish I could have pumped out a mural back in the day. Like I, you know, how I work digitally now and it's so much simpler and easier, but sure. But yeah. Working we're I mean, just traditional media, uh, all by itself just takes a little bit more time and, and purposeful, thought as you're as you're going there's no undos uh like i have on on in photoshop or on my ipad um but uh, so it, it takes a little bit more time a little bit more planning um but uh, 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 you know i think gosh it's been such a long time but 
most of the murals that I worked on would, would usually probably take two to three weeks. Um, I don't think often they would be past that. Wow. And then from there you went off and um, now was it your own business? Were you working with a company or how was this kind of mural business uh, established? That was all me. Um, I, I, uh, <clears throat> I didn't know of any, uh, there weren't any opportunities to really work or coordinate with other people. So I, I just, I had done something, I had done a mural a long, well, it seemed, it seemed like a long time, just shortly after graduating from high school and that there was a, a gap uh, between my high school and going to college. Um, but right after high school, I had a good friend from church that, that was a, a, just a you know traditional house painter and he was working at a home and they needed a mural for their kid's room and and I was the only artist that this painter knew. And so he's like, Hey, do you paint murals? And I said, okay, yeah, I definitely now I do. do. <laughs> now I do. And, uh, so I painted that mural and I think it took me, Oh, I mean, it was the first time I'm sure it took me a month or something like that. And I got paid $400 and I was like, yeah, look at, look at how awesome I am. And, yeah. And, uh, but, uh, um, but after that, uh, um, so I, I knew that was something I wanted to do. I knew it was something I could do on my own. I didn't need, you know, to be, you know, I didn't need a, a team necessarily to do that. So when I was married, when I was starting college, uh, I looked at lots of different things to do to to make money, but that was kind of the, the thing that seemed to be the most time efficient if it could work, but it was very hard. It was a very, very challenging time. Um, <clears throat> so it was, they don't call it starving artists for no reason, right? Like there's, it's, it's a hustle, right? So you did your own hustle right out of school. So you were freelancing kind of from the beginning, right? Yeah. Now that was all during my time in school. I, I okay. was fortunate that after I graduated, which was five years later, uh, I, I had my BFA and, and I, was, I was able to get hired into a, a studio to work full time pretty quickly. Um, but, but before that, all throughout college I was freelancing and I kind of always knew I wanted to get back to freelancing at one point you know at some point in my future um but uh but yeah so freelancing before the full-time job at the studio and then uh and then when the time was right I I made my exit from from Ubisoft where I was working and and then went freelance again so so now in the video game industry and I mentioned some pretty big titles uh on the intro there can you talk a little bit about that? So um, help people understand like concept uh, uh, illustrations, right? So what is that specific? Because when you play a video game, everything's moving. You're not really seeing sketches and things like that, right? So how does that integrate? Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really important phase, important part of the, of the process of making a game. And, and there, there are comparable uh, uh, roles in, in any you know, blockbuster film, you know, that, that's, that's sci-fi or, or fantasy, certainly feature animation, um, which that title is called a visual development artist when you're in feature animation, but it's concept art in, in most other uh, entertainment industry uh, areas. But you, basically the job is, is you're, you're coming up with ideas, you're pitching those to an art director or the director of the film or the project, and, and they are, taking those ideas and then making them into to final artwork. 
the, the, the idea being that a concept artist is trained to be very, very fast and to come up with a variety of ideas quickly. So as opposed to, you know, going to the 3D, you know, character team or the environment team for a game and having them go, all right, just make me this really cool space. Uh, and it's going to take them, I don't know, uh, weeks, um, months maybe to, 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 to polish and make this really nice thing. And we're not even sure if it's actually what we want. You know, they'll hire a concept artist who, you know, can, can do a lot of rough stuff really fast. I might be asked to design uh, some really rough, you know, characters for, for a design, you know, designing a character. I might do four or five iterations in one day. And, and that's something that, or, or 20 to 50 silhouette drawings of a character, you know, in one day that, that then the art director can look at and go, okay, well, we, for sure, we don't want, you know, out of the 50 I've got here in front of me, I know I don't want 40 of them, you know, here's 10. Okay. Tomorrow come back and give me some slightly more, you know, give me a little bit more detailed information on these 10 and, and so slowly we just narrow it down until ideally you come up with one design. And that is what is then given to the, the asset team uh, who will make a, a polished in-game asset and which can be animated and rigged and all that sort of stuff if it's a character or, you know, model out the whole uh, environment. So if, you have the, if you have the talent, it sounds like the dream, the dream job, right? You're just putting your yeah. creativity out there nonstop, just, you know, churning through creative idea after creative idea. It's a really fun job. Uh, I didn't even know it existed when I started in school. I started yeah. working at the or was going to the university. Uh, it wasn't until I was there, and well, plenty of the people who were already there did know about it. And I was introduced to like the art of Star Wars books and and things like that. And so I was just looking, and I realized here, you know, there's a job out there where all you do is just draw cool things all the time. And, and I was like, okay, that's, that's it. But whatever I wanted to do before is done. This is what I want to do. Uh, I, at the same time, that being said, uh, at the same time, while I was being trained, you know, for concept art, I was also uh, back when I was in school, it was still a relatively new field. Yeah. Uh, and so my actual degree, the, my professors and my, my direction was mostly pure illustration. Like I did a lot of my work in, acrylics, traditional painting, oh, wow. okay. prepping for perhaps a job working for National Geographic as an illustrator. Um, and so, but, but while doing that, and then I gained a love for illustration. So that is, I love concept art and I miss that I don't do it as much these days because it's, it's its own thing and it's very neat, but I love, love illustration. And I love the, uh, I, I've always had a passion and interest in, history of illustration and different types of illustration. So I, I was really introduced to that in school. It was fantastic. And then, so the transition to drawing digitally, do, do you say now predominantly all your illustrations are all in a digital form? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I always have a sketchbook with me. I'm always, I, I like to say that I'm always drawing. I don't as often as I would like to, but uh, uh, that's mostly the only traditional stuff I do is when I'm jotting down ideas or coming up with compositions for an illustration or something like that, but it's almost entirely digital uh, when I'm actually doing professional work for other people. Pretty much everything in here on, on that, uh, on the site there is, yeah, that's all digital stuff. So Some for of people who are not necessarily uh, watching, but listening, Mm -hmm. uh, if oh, you sorry. go to bosleyart.com, you'll see some of Andrew's work. I mean, it is stunning. 
the detail, I mean, I'm going to open up this, uh, this dyes district uh, illustration here. Like the, the detail in this image is incredible. Uh, it, it is, it is amazing. This, this is a good example of kind of the difference between concept art and illustration. Like, you know, I'm trying to create a, a, a presentable image to give to somebody, but, but there's a lot of shortcuts you take in, in concept art because it's not really about the final product as, as, as far as it's not, I'm not creating a work of art. This is, is this particular piece was for a video, you know, for, I was creating a concept for a, an environment. And so, you know, I'm copying and pasting a whole bunch of stuff in here sure. to, to just get something across fast. And so it's, it's, it, I like that it turned out well, but it, but it's a, it's more about getting an idea across and that knowing in concept art that I could pitch that one day and, and it's thrown in the trash the next. So, wow. I mean, again, for people who are listening, um, this image is the kind of image you would see on the cover of a game or you would see on a very detailed uh, player board or card. Like to say this is fast or this went would have gone in the trash is uh, it, that, that's impressive. That is impressive. That's a good uh, highlight, I think, of your uh, of your talent. Always. So, how did you get into board games. So you, you, you did the grind, you went into video games, which seemed like the dream job. Um, maybe there's a lot of uh, pressure in a job like that because you're having to crank through a lot of uh, you know, ideas fast, right? And then, okay, now tomorrow we need another 10 on the, the, the 10 you just did. But still the kind of the dream job. So what kind of then pulled you over to the board game industry? Well, it's funny. I, I, uh, I still do stuff in video games occasionally uh, sure. not, not as much as before. Um, but uh, again, always with the intention that I wanted to kind of be my own boss uh, for, for a long time. I that, that was, uh, I don't know. That was just what I, my definition of as an, of an illustrator is I was going to be on my own. And that's, that's something I was interested in doing. Uh, I knew I was going to make a transition at some point, but I always at that point thought it was going to be still with video games. Um, it was I mean, I, I left Ubisoft in 2013. Uh, I, I think I got my first board game gig probably a couple years after that. That was with uh, doing Mission Red Planet. And then I think it was maybe a year after that that I did Citadels, the, some of the work for Citadels, the, wow. um, the, the, the reboot of that. Um, but even at that time, it, was, it wasn't necessarily something I thought was, it was just, a, I mean, I really enjoyed it. It was a great to do, but I, I just thought it was another job. But I got that job because while I was working at, at uh, Ubisoft and Red Storm, uh, I started to develop a freelance career on the side, nothing that could compete with, with video games. So like it was a hobby almost, be, right? I'm sorry? Like a hobby almost. Well, I mean, it was, I, I was doing it to, to, to supplement my income, okay. um, but it was... Uh, and, and it was, it was certainly with a future in mind. Um, but it was, there were very specific things I could do and not do. And so I actually started working with fantasy flight, doing a lot of their RPG stuff, uh, some of their trading cards back in the day and, and working for some really, not them, but before that, even, you know, very low level, uh, companies just, just doing random art and getting paid nothing for it. Uh, but after working with Fantasy Flight for some time, uh, my relationship with the art directors there had, had gotten pretty good and we, they, they knew me well. And they knew that the stuff I was doing was not necessarily what I wanted. It wasn't my favorite 
style of stuff. I was just another artist making the thing for them, just like anybody else they could hire. Yeah. And eventually I kind of kind of stopped doing some stuff with them. And then they eventually came to me and were like, okay, we, we got something that I think is just for you. And Mission Red Planet was that. And we want you to do all the artwork for it. And we want, you know, and it was perfect. It was, it was exactly, it was, it was a neat opportunity uh, to be an artist for a project where I wasn't just one of, I don't know, several dozen different artists working on something. I was going to have my name on the, you know, attached to the game and that, you know, there's some pride or some whatever uh, ego or whatever (laughs) that, 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 that felt good. And so I, you know, I took on that job and, and that went well, but again, it was just kind of a, it was just going to be a a thing. And then I was just going to go back to video games. You know, I probably was working with video game clients at the time while I was doing it, but, uh, and I was working on a board game, of my own, uh, a card game of my own, uh, even through all of that. But even even while doing that, for whatever reason, I didn't think tabletop was where, I mean, I just didn't consider it. I didn't even think about it. Um, and so it wasn't, uh, I still did some fantasy illustration on the sides for different companies. I was doing stuff for Keyforge and, and whatnot, um, again, with Fantasy Flight or Asmodee and and uh, it really wasn't until Everdell came along that that was a a large amount of work in one project that it made sense. It was a practical choice to go, okay, I could do this or I could be working on this project. And and so uh, they they asked me to come on board for this and, and it was awesome. And since then, it's been pretty much all board games. But I... It's funny. It wasn't until kind of around this time that I was kind of remembering like most of my life, like I've always been a board game person. I used to make board games when I was in high school. Uh, I, I remember getting together with friends and we we designed, a, you know, some battlefield chess, you know, with archers and we made pieces had certain moves and we had this rollout mat and we made stuff and it was just, but I didn't even... I don't know. It was just something that's kind of, I had forgotten until all of this came about. And, and now it's, I'm, I'm pretty all in <laughs> all the time. Well, certainly the Everdale cover is uh, probably one I would say is iconic, right? Like you recognize that artwork very quickly when you see it. Um, when you did Everdale, uh, and we'll get into a second, how, how you met these guys, right? And even same with Tapestry, how you got connected with Stonemeyer. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do like obviously the cards and the cover those styles clearly match uh were you involved in the board as well or did they have like a graphic designer come in and kind of take inspiration from your creations and then create the board well i was found uh for everdell by the graphic designer and art director um dan may okay. uh, who, who was working at the time full-time with uh tabletop tycoon and and starling games and game salute uh, and, and he was the graphic designer for the project, but anything that is painted for the most part is mine. So the board, any of the, 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 the tree, I didn't design the shape of the tree or how it was assembled, but everything on the tree gotcha. I painted. Um, so, so anything that is, you know, UI type stuff for, for the game, like, coins and things like that i did not touch for everdell i have done that for other games but uh in the case of of everdell that was done by dan um 
but yeah, so, so I, I, that was, that was one where it was like, I, I really got a chance to just have my hand in it all, which was fun. And shine, quite frankly. Um, would, uh, like, how did, how did you connect them? Was, it was the same thing with the Stolmeyer? Was it again, graph, their lead graphic uh, artist kind of reaching out to you? Was it based on your reputation in the industry? Or how did this, how did some of these other relationships come together? So with Tapestry, it was a little bit different. Um, I, I, I had, I think, done a few different things uh, by the time that Jamie reached out to me. Uh, so it was just, it was just a relationship with me and Jamie that, that, that started it. He, he emailed me and I was quite excited being a, a fan of his games. Um, but, uh, in, in the case of, of, uh, tapestry, uh, I did have a lot more involvement in some of the graphic design elements. Um, uh, I, it was, it was kind of a, a hasn't happened much since then. Uh, or before, but I really got to practice some of my concept art chops with that because we, you know, I, I kind of, he, he just said, Hey, I, whatever you think would make this look good. I want you to tackle this. Ultimately he has a, a, a graphic designer that did a lot of the, the backend things to get it to production. But when it came to designing icons and the whole look of the whole thing, every banner, everything on every, on every component for the most part, it was something I painted or designed myself. And then, so we, we spent about a month uh, going back and forth, just going, okay, what well, I think this could be cool if it looked like this. I give him options, you know, when we would, yeah. it would be a top down of the entire game, you know, within the, you know, the first month, that's what we were doing. So everything was very rough. There was no finished illustrations or anything, but, um, but kind of just getting the colors, you know, how they, they work and, and, you know, could some pieces, you know, look like they fit next to each other and things like that. And so that was all stuff we solved there. Uh, so different than Everdell. And then I, I, I was just painting the illustrations with Everdell. This one, I was painting the illustrations and everything else with it. And I think that answers some of the question that uh, Jeff Beck uh, from Grandpa Beck Games is uh, you know, watching right now. And he'd actually asked that question in the, in the chat room here. He said, you know, how have you used kind of your background in concept art to, um, give you an advantage in terms of um, the mechanic, you know, tying in with the mechanics of the game and so forth. And it sounds like on tapestry, that's exactly what happened, right? You had the mechanics of the game and based on how certain components, as you're saying, going to be side other components um, that would then inform maybe the color schemes or design and so forth. Yeah. I, and, and, and it's nice having, having a design background myself of, uh, you know, up, up to this point of, I've, I've done, uh, a fair amount of my own things on the side and being a gamer myself, it's, sure. you know, I, I, I could, I could tackle some of that part of the development uh, knowing, okay, this is how the game is going to be played. This is what's important for people to understand, you know, when it, uh, you know, we need to make the gameplay mode. That, that's probably one of the biggest things that came from concept art was knowing that, the art always has to support the gameplay. Um, that's something I, I learned very well in video games. Again, knowing that what I'm creating is, is at least in, 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 that, in that role, it's quite temporary. No one's gonna ever see the, the concept art I do most of the time. Um, so I need to make sure that it works well with the game that's being made. It's not about my art. And in the case of in board games, uh, certainly the art plays a, 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 the 2D art plays a bigger role in board games, but 
it, it has to make the game better. If it's, if it's just there for the art's sake, then it's, then it's not doing its job. So I think so, that, that has helped. So when dealing with some of these um, uh, publishers or, or game developers, um, what would you say is some advice you would give? Um, you know, there's always the, and Sarah Keel, we interviewed a few weeks ago and, and a great artist as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the elephant in the room is, is discussing, you know, costs and, you know, what the value of that artwork is. How does that, what's the best way to approach a conversation like that from a developer side coming to you? Um, they should just throw money at, at artists. And they should just, I mean, it's, hand over the debit card. <laughs> I'm just They're going to slide over a number on a piece of paper and I say triple it and they go, okay, that's what, that's what, how it's supposed to work. Um, no, uh, gosh, from, from, uh, well, I, I think it comes from, I mean, it's, it's, it's just like any other, uh, thing that you're hiring somebody for in board games. You know, I, I'm not a, I'm not, I don't get paid generally by commit, you know, for, um, with royalties or anything like that. It's just paying for a thing. So, so I'm an, I'm an expense. Um, but I, I think, uh, I think what, what, uh, publishers and designers need to remember is what a huge impact that art can have yeah. uh, on a game. Uh, I, I, I think that's much less than it has been in the past, but I mean, my entire career, you, you, you have clients that appreciate what art is and what it costs, and then you have uh, clients that don't. And, and so uh, I would say to, to, to designers and, and, and developers that uh, it's worth, it's, it's worth some money, but, but uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of, <laughs> Here's what I would say, right? Just yeah, to kind of throw it. a life raft in there. Um, yeah. If if you ask a, a an artist, you know, what is going to give them a speck of what you to do, what you want to do, mm-hmm. and they come back with a quote, the worst thing you can say is, "Well, can you do it for half of that?" Mm-hmm. Um, you're much better served, in my opinion, coming to someone like yourself and say, "Look, here's a game I'm looking at creating. Here's a budget I have." Mm-hmm what can you do for that budget? Yeah. And there's going to be a fit or there's not. They're either going to say, look, yeah. you know what, based on that budget, um, the time involved, I'm not going to be able to get, get you what you need in terms of all the components of your game, but maybe I can just do the cover or maybe I can just do this component over here or, or maybe yeah. there's no fit at all. Maybe the, 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 you know, the, the gap is too far. Um, but it's always, it's, it, it's a sensitive topic, right? And because you don't want to insult you know, the creator, like you, when you create something, this is coming from you. Like there's the, other than, you know, having kids. I mean, I can't think of any other thing that comes from something that you create. Right. And so it's very personal. And, you know, I think that when people approach those situations, they, I think they just have to give it the respect and, and sensitivity that it deserves. I think you're right. And going back to the first thing you said, as far as how to approach it, that, 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 that's a great point. I mean, that, that, that is how I work with my clients all the time. Uh, yeah. There's sometimes it's not going to be a fit cost wise at all. Uh, and, and, and we have, there's so many artists out there, fantastic artists yeah. in our industry that, that do great. And we have a range of different skills and a range of styles and a range of cost as well. Um, so for, I know when people come to me and, 
I, most of the time people come and they go, how much is this going to cost? And I send them a number and it, they may go, they may not answer my email after I send them a number <laughs> uh, sometimes, uh, or most of the time they, they respond back and many of them go, no, that sounds great. That, that makes sense. I, 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 you know, it's, it might be, I'm not a cheap artist. And so uh, it, some of them might go, okay, that might be a little bit more than I was planning, but we're going to make yeah. it work. And I've had clients that like have, anyway, uh, but, but oftentimes, very often clients will come to me and they'll go, okay, that, that's all, it's very reasonable, but it's just very hard for us with our budget. What can we do? And I'll, uh, having done this enough times now, it's yeah. like, okay, if I could do this, and it doesn't change the quality. It just changes how much time it takes. You know, there's certain things I might not do. You know, an easy example is, you know, in Everdell, I did unique backgrounds and unique characters for and environments for every single piece. So that takes a significant amount of time. But if I only need to illustrate a character on a background that stays the same every time, then, then the cost is significantly lowered. And so, I, you know, I... I hmm. I have a lot of these things in my bag that I can propose to people and go, here's how we can lower this. So I get to work, you know, we get to work together. Um, but hopefully it, it eases the, the cost burden a little bit. And certainly I think, you know, given the, the games you've worked on, and I was trying to do the math. Um, I mean, it's not public information, how much tapestry generated. Uh, I've got the Kickstarter numbers for the other two. But your artwork has showed up, I would estimate, on games that have reached at least $2 million. Um, so you've got an established name, right? So when someone's coming to you specifically, they're probably coming to you not just because they love your style, but there's a, you know, there's a following and there's a credibility that comes with your name as well, right? Like you've become uh, a well, you've become a, a kind of a popular artist in, in the board game industry. That's what people sometimes say to me, but I, I, I don't see that, but, uh, but that's, it's very flattering when people say that. So that's the word on the street anyways, eh? So uh, the, I do have people who people will say having your name on it will make, could have an impact. And, uh, and that's very nice, nice to hear. And I'm, I hope that that's the case. Where do you go from here? Where's uh, what's the next kind of project you have on the horizon? Is there another game that you're working on right now you can share, or is there another kind of passion project you're working on or? Uh, yes, all of the above. Uh, gosh, there's lots of projects that are always, you know, client projects that are going to be coming out. Probably the most recent thing is, uh, the, the expansion for tapestry has been announced and some of the art is mm -hmm. being shared uh, for that. Um, uh, let's see, as far as client stuff, uh, there's, there's several, I can't, I, I, some, I can't say anything about and, and some, I, uh, I, I, there's too many others that I, I, I miss somebody if I started at bringing them up, but uh, definitely some things on the personal side. Uh, I've created my own brand called Witsend Studios. Uh, I have uh, a couple game titles that, uh, that are being made uh, at the moment. Uh, one, unfortunately, is being a little bit delayed because there is another project that's coming up that is not a Witsend project, but uh, something I'm very, very excited about that will be kickstarted in November uh, is a thing called the Wanderer's Guide. Uh, that oh, cool. is a, a fantasy RPG atlas uh, it'll be fully illustrated. It's going to be about 50 plus pages of wow. just art that could with, with that's not system specific. So someone playing D and D someone playing Pathfinder, somebody, you know, any type of system you want, you're working with RPGs. You here is a book that you could just open up and go, we're going to be in this big city. So we've got a cut. We've got 
three cities in here that you can play in and this is inspiration for what you're you know what you're going to do it's it's honestly i'm really really excited about it it's a it's uh i'm not a huge rpg guy myself but my kids are so they're helping me come up you know come up with some of the ideas but it's a partnership with with uh, uh a great uh uh partner uh and and the, we have a, actually a really great team that's that's helping to get the word out and things like that. And all I'm doing is is just painting all day long, you know, for it. Uh, and so, anyway, Wanderer's <laughs> Guide. If if uh, anybody that wants to go check it out, it's uh, uh, we have uh, people getting ready for the Kickstarter and a site, uh, thewanderersguidebook.com. Is there going to be links on your site as well? So your site again is bosleyart.com. Um, there isn't right now. I need no, to. I noticed. That's what I'm prompting you, man. <laughs> I know. I, need to, I am, uh, as many of my fans know, I have a, I have a, a love, hate, uh, I don't know how much love, but I have a funny relationship with online-ness. I'm a fairly offline guy. And yeah. so uh, a lot of, I, I, my website is so out of date. I mean, that I have half of my artwork on there as concept art shows like, I mean, most of all my work is board games these days. It should just be all board games. Oh, you got to publish it all. Like I just, I I mean, your portfolio is robust to say the least. And there's so much more you could be throwing on that site. So uh, anybody listening that maybe wants to, uh, to help Andrew get some stuff up on his site, maybe uh, reach (laughs) out to him on his uh, website. I'm sure he could use some help. But uh, I just want to thank you for coming on this uh, podcast. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun, and I wish you all the best with uh, with Wiz End. It's uh, it's awesome. Just keep doing your doing what you're doing. Well, thanks, James. I appreciate it. You take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.